0: Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the We had the pleasure this week of uh, Carl and Lori talking to our ministerial alliance and uh, sharing with them just the heart for Celebrate Recovery. And we're excited about what God's doing, just opening doors uh, for this ministry and uh, all the good things that are happening through it. And so I just encourage you, if you know someone who is uh, facing some of the difficulties, uh, such as the ones that are mentioned in the video, please send them our way because it's our heart to get them Delivered and free and on the right track toward what God has planned for their life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Genesis chapter 13. We're going to read a few verses of Scripture here, beginning in verse 5. And so today I want to talk to you about the cost of compromise, the cost of compromise. We all struggle, every one of us in this room struggles. We all have difficulties. We all have challenges. We all have areas that we have weaknesses in. We have areas of strength. We have both weaknesses and strength. And uh, compromise is one of those things that uh, it's not necessarily always bad, right? Because, I mean, in the sense of relationships, you better have some compromise. The women are the only ones that said amen to that or even responded. Men, they're sending you a message this morning. You have to have... Some compromise in certain areas, compromise in relationships. If you're going to get along with people, you're going to have to give some ground from time to time. So that's that's okay. In business, you're going to have to make some compromises along the way if you're going to be successful in business. But in the area of spirituality and morality, compromise is devastating. In the area of morality, we can't compromise. We can't give up ground. We can't decide, well, what was bad yesterday is now suddenly okay. We have to hold our ground. We have to stand firm. Because the reality is on the field of compromise is where every battle of the Christian walk is lost. Let me say it to you again. On the field of compromise is where every battle of the Christian walk is lost. We have to stand firm and stand fast on God's word. And it is unchangeable. It is immutable. It is Written like it's, like it's written for a purpose, and it is good today as much as it was yesterday. Right. On the field of compromise is where the battle is lost. I was thinking about, as I was putting our message together, this message together, I was thinking about um, our little wilderness trip that we took last year. We went on a trip uh, into the wilderness, not woods, to the wilderness now. Because what I found as I was doing some studies is there's these wilderness areas all over the United States which are just massive sections of land that are just absolutely untouched. There's nothing, nobody really goes in there much. I mean, there's some trails through them, but it's just just pretty much untouched. It's not kept by the uh, the state or in any way, you know, they don't go in there and cut down trees or anything like that, they just let it grow wild. And so there was these 20,000 acres that I found right over in Arkansas that we could go and we could camp in and we could just have a heyday in. And so I gather a band of, of soldiers to go with me. And what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to get our backpacks and we're going to trek. We're going to go into the middle of that wilderness. We're going to find some unchartered, untamed territory. We're going to set up our camp and we're going to stay out there for three days, two nights. And so I get my group together, those that are willing, those that are daring enough to go. And uh, we all get backpacks. I'm, I'm, I got like a 40-pound pack. I mean, we got them stuffed with stuff and so we're going to walk out there and the goal is to get five miles deep into this woods so if something bad happened I could get out of quick enough (laughs) and so five miles deep in this woods well we get finally into the woods and we're trekking along there and I guarantee I never heard so much whining and complaining in all my life I I am I am ready to go I'm ready to hack down some trees and bushes and do whatever we got to do to get in there I mean because that's it. I mean, that's ultimate. That's, that's, that's man stuff. And so we're trekking down through there. They're whining, this is too far. This is too heavy. I'm tired. I'm ready to rest. I'm ready for a sandwich. You know, all of this stuff. And so after about a mile of hearing all of this, I finally just give in and compromise. And we finally find a nice little spot on the side of this little creek, and we set up camp. But that wasn't the goal. The goal was to go deep in there. I wanted to go places that nobody else had gone. I wanted to find a cave, or I wanted to find something that nobody else had ever found before. And the fact is that as Christians, if we're not willing to take a harder path from time to time, we're not going to find the places that God has created for us. We're not going to stumble into those those beautiful places and those, those places that He especially reserved just for us. Spiritually, when we talk about the path of least resistance, because that's really what it was all about, this is too hard. There's too many trees in the way. it's, It's too difficult to walk through here with this pack on. And as Christians, oftentimes that's the way we look at life. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's easier for me just to compromise along the way and find an easier path to live in. But spiritually the path of least resistance will certainly not ever lead you to anything new. And oftentimes it will lead you to destruction. Proverbs 14.12 says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. There's no easy path for a true Christian. And we are setting ourselves up for deception and failure when we think otherwise. Living for God can be difficult at times. Living for God requires tenacity. It requires setting a destination in mind and not compromising along the way because it gets difficult. And so many times what happens to us is we start out on a journey and we're fired up out of the gate. I didn't have any problem getting anybody loaded up in the car to go. But when we got about mile one in the midst of the woods, things started changing. My my crew started turning on me. People started abandoning me. And if I was going to go in there, I was going to go all by myself. And I'm not that brave. Because in the, in those woods, it don't just get dark, it gets pitch dark. You know what I'm saying? It's scary. When we find ourselves camped at a place in life we never intended, oftentimes what we can find in the trail behind us is a series of compromises along the way. And so let's read a story about such an instant in, in, in the Bible. Genesis 13, beginning in verse 5. It says, Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed there together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. The Canaanites and Perizzites also were living in the land at that time, so Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you, let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt toward Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram le- lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Now we all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was a horrible, corrupt, evil, sinful city that that was so corrupt that God ultimately just destroyed it. He couldn't, he couldn't have it anymore, and so he, he wipes it out. And so it represents for us compromises towards sin. It represents a place that we none of us want to go towards. And so let's talk today about the cost of compromise. Will you help me pray? Father, I thank you today, God, for this place. I thank you for the people. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for this moment in time, God. And I ask that right here in this place, Lord, if we find ourselves in areas of our lives where we are compromising, that we stop that we turn about and we go a different way. That, Lord Jesus, today we would we would put an end to a path that you have not chosen for us and one that perhaps we have chosen for ourselves and we would find your will and your ways for our lives. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at, for the next few minutes, the choices made by Abraham and the choices made by Lot. The first thing that I want you to see is that Abram acted in faith While Lot acted on sight Abraham acted upon faith While Lot acted upon sight Verse 8 says this So Abram says to Lot Let's not have any quarreling between you and me Between your herdsmen and mine For we are brothers Is not the whole land before you So let's just part company He says look if you go to the left I'll go to the right If you go to the right I'll go to the left because it matters not to me. Here's what Abram understood. Is Abram's acting in faith at this point. Because he understands that he is not his own provider. That God is his provider. And it doesn't matter where he goes or what he does. As long as he's walking with God and serving God, God's going to be there. And where God is is where his blessing flows. That where God is, his provision is. Where God is, his path is. And where his, his plans for us are. And so Abram's acting in faith and he's saying to Lot, look, you choose. It doesn't matter to me because I am walking in favor. I'm walking in the blessing of God. I'm walking uh, with the purpose of God in my life. And wherever I go, God is going to take care of me. But verse 10, look at what Lot's point of view is. It says, Lot looked up. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zoar. And so Lot is going by his sight to decide what he needs to do. And so he looks up, he sees all these plains, there's a lot of water, there's a lot of great fertile ground, there's all these things that he needs to to raise his herd. And he's thinking, boy, this looks like a good opportunity for me. If Abraham don't care, then I'm going to pick the very best things for myself. But Lot's walking by sight. What does the Bible tell us? about walking by sight versus walking by faith. He says we walk by faith and not by sight because favor follows those who act in faith. If I want the favor of God in my life, then I'm going to have to act in faith to receive that. Favor follows those who act in faith. It follows those who are serving God, following God, doing what God's asking of them, and, and trusting Him with the outcome. And so without that, We're going to find ourselves setting up camp in the wrong place altogether. The hand of the Lord is always on those who choose to trust in Him. Do you hear me this morning? That the hand of the Lord is always resting upon those who choose to trust in Him. Who choose to listen to Him and follow Him and and, and do His will. The second thing that we see is that Abraham chose to distance himself from sin while Lot chose to move closer to sin. Abraham says, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And Lot says, I want to go right there next to that city that is full of evil and iniquity and all kinds of junk because that looks like the best opportunity for me. Verse 12 says, Abraham lived in the land of Canaan. We know Canaan later on is the promised land, right? And so it represents him living in the promise of God while Lot lived among the cities of the plains and pitched his tent near Sodom. Abraham was willing to go out and create a new place for his life. Abraham was willing to go out and dig a new well. Where Abraham was going to go, there probably wasn't well-watered plains. But he trusted that God was going to provide for him. And he knew it may require uh, require a little bit of work on his part, but ultimately God would produce wherever he planted. Oh, that's good. God will produce wherever you plant. But you've got to get planted if you want God to produce. If you're always roaming around and wandering around and never get planted anywhere, how can God produce anything in your life with a life of inconsistency? He can't do it. And so Abraham realizes that, look, I may have to go out and I may actually have to do some work here, but God's hand is on me and he's going to produce wherever I plant. He may have to go out and dig a new well. Some of us would do well to go dig some new wells in our life. To dig some new spiritual wells in our life, to dig some new wells of friendship in our life, to get rid of the wrong day and find the right day in our lives. That may require digging a little bit deeper than what we normally would want to do. And it may not come by sight, it may come by faith. And so we're going to have to put some effort into the process if we're going to be successful in the process. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Amen. That's good preaching. Sometimes, Hey, you know, David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Sometimes i got to do the same. <laughs> you may have to build a new house. You may have to build some new things. You may have to find some new areas and discover some new... Well, I'm comfortable. I understand. But comfort is the greatest force that leads you to compromise. Keep on the edge. Keep working towards something fresh in your life. Keep digging deeper for more. I should have never let those guys stop me. There's no telling what we would have found. Now I am plagued with the idea of all the mysteries that exist out there in that wilderness that are never going to be discovered. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking, I bet there was fill in the blank. Lost treasure, I don't know what was out there. And all because of a bunch of sissy law laws that could not carry a pack four more miles. Amen. Some of us don't have success in our Christian walk because we are hanging out with a bunch of sissy law laws in the Christian world. Well, that's difficult. That's hard. That's tough. Suck it up, buttercup. Amen. We have to keep, we have to keep our distance from sin, and sometimes that means digging a new well. We were in Yellowstone a few years ago and uh, talking about keeping distance from dangerous things. We're out here, and anytime you see people parked on the side of the road, you know there's some animal out there that everybody's taking pictures of. And so we're driving, there's all these people parked, and we're like, what's going on? You know, we get out with our camera, we're running up there. And there is this black bear coming down the mountain with two cubs, which is awesome. You know, I mean, everybody's snapping pictures. But this one gentleman... I guess he doesn't understand the concept of bear or I don't know what, it, what his deal was but he was working his way up the mountain towards the bear and he worked his way all the way up the mountain to the point that he was actually between the mama and her two cubs and we were sitting there filming thinking this is about to be something serious right here. Cameras rolling people because something bad's about to happen up on this mountain. You can't get too close to that stuff. And you can't get too close to sin. We are foolish to think because it looks pretty or it looks enticing or it looks neat or it might be the money shot that I can get real close to dangerous things. And in our lives we are too... Uh, too lax when it comes to moving closer and closer and closer to sin. Lot didn't care about that. He was worried about his own provision and he disregarded all the the deception, all the lies, all the temptation that was waiting for him and pulling him towards Sodom. Sin always wants to pull you closer and closer until you find yourself in a mess. Amen. Abraham lived in God's provision the third thing. While Lot tried to live in his own. Abraham is trusting God, following God's leading. Lot is trusting Lot and following his own leading. Following your own leading will always end badly. The text says Lot set up camp near Sodom. When you start setting up camp toward negative things, you've picked a bad spot. When you start setting up camp toward negative things in your life, sinful things in your life, you have picked a bad spot. And you may need to move. This Christian walk is always about moving closer to God anyway. Why do you think that he always, in Old Testament, they were, they were always on the move. They were always setting up in tents. They didn't set up. Uh, stationary places until really later on when when the kingdom was established because god was moving them god was always working with them god was always pulling them into new areas and new territory until they fully established themselves in, in the domain that god had created for them in the same way until we fully establish ourselves in the domain that god has created for us we need to be able to move And listen, you're not going to establish the domain that God has created for you in this life. It's in another life. And so that means this life, we have to be on the move and ready to work towards where God is trying to send us all the time. Amen. Sometimes you just pick a bad spot. Don't be so stubborn that you don't listen to people who have been there. We cannot be so stubborn that we don't listen to people who have been there. We need to let people speak into our lives and guide us along the path. We need to let people have the ability to speak some truth to us from time to time. We talked about this in great detail on Wednesday night. We need some truth tellers in our lives. The sad thing is that sometimes people are so stubborn and hard headed that pain is the only teacher that they will listen to. Let me say that again to you because that's a good statement. Sometimes people are so stubborn and hard headed that pain is the only teacher they will listen to. I can't learn the easy way, I got to learn everything the hard way. That's painful. That's troubling. That's difficult. Another problem that puts us in bad spots is when we are thinking, when our thinking is incorrectly oriented. When our thinking is Focused in the wrong direction. When it is oriented towards sin instead of being oriented toward God. Let me give you an example. Pastor, do you think this is right or this is okay? First problem with that statement is you're oriented towards sin rather than oriented towards God. Because when you're trying to find acceptable concessions for behavior, you're oriented in the wrong direction. We are called to be God-like thinkers. This mind that be in Christ Jesus, also be in you, he says, we need to have the mind of Christ. And so if we're going to have the mind of Christ, then we need to be God-oriented, not sin-oriented. It's not about how close can I get to sin without stumbling. It's how close can I get to God in my life. And so it's about moving towards him. How close can I get to Jesus? How close can I draw to Him? How much can I get into His will, His perfect will? When we ask ourselves questions concerning acceptable concessions, we are asking the wrong questions. The mistakes that lead to compromise in our lives are simple too. I mean, it's it's not difficult. It's when we look at sin and then we consider sin. So the first step in that is that we look at it and we think, hmm, when we think hum, we're considering it. We're thinking about what life would be like if we took from that tree that forbidden fruit and ate of it. So when we look at sin and we consider sin, we are falling into a path of compromise. James 1.14 says this, But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Lot started living a life of compromise and it cost him. And I'm going to tell you right, right quick what three areas that it cost him in. First of all, it cost him in his convictions. Lot lost his convictions. Lot lost his convictions. He lost his his uh, center, he lost uh, part of his morality, and he lost his convictions. Proverbs 1.10 says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. Get in front of the mirror and practice saying the word no if you can't do it in public. Say no in private till you can say it in public. But again, if we have the wrong day in our lives, they're always going to be enticing us to do the wrong things. That's why you better have the right day in your life. Somebody, amen. The problem with us is that sometimes we live in compromise so long that our consciences become insensitive to sin. We just just fail to make the connection that this is not right, this is not good. I've said this to you before. But it's a great statement again. And that is it doesn't matter how you feel about something, what matters is what the word of God says about it. You may not feel bad about some action that you're taking or some behavior that you're engaged in, but that doesn't make it right. This makes it wrong or right. This is clear. This is not archaic. This is relative for to, relevant for today. Relevant for today. Amen. And it relates to you, where you're at. And so it doesn't matter. An argument that is based on how you feel is not an argument. It's just a justification. Paul, Paul, Paul the Apostle, one of the greatest Christians that ever walked the face of the earth, this is what he said. He said, my conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. Right there, right? My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. He's saying, look, just because I am not uh, challenged in my conscience about something doesn't mean I'm right. And what we have done because of the world that we live in, we have allowed our consciences to be seared to the point that sin no longer bothers us like it should. And it ought to stir us up. It ought to keep us up at night. It ought to make us want to be the best we can be for God and make sure that everybody we know comes to the knowledge and saving grace of Jesus Christ. The Bible is your guide today, not your conscience. So don't come to me with this argument based on your conscience. Because if it's not written in God's Word, there is nothing to argue about. There is nothing to to discuss. There's certain sins that are sins. And it doesn't matter what the media says. It doesn't matter what the president says. It doesn't matter what the lawmaker says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. What's wrong is wrong based on God's word. And what's right is right based on God's word. And that's it. And if you're not clear about it, just get the book out and read. Just pick it up from time to time and do a little studying. I'm amazed that some of the... I don't ever engage in them because it's just ignorance. But there's 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 arguments that go on on Facebook on certain pages and stuff. And some of the arguments that people have in, in, in Christian circles, justifying behaviors, is not based on anything that comes from God's Word. And if we don't start here, we start from the wrong position. Is that... All right, I just want to make sure that I'm preaching to the right people today. If we live a life of compromise, one day we'll find ourselves doing things that we never thought we would do. Lot lost his convictions. I'm challenging you not to lose your convictions today. Don't compromise the point that you lose your convictions. What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. And because of Lot's compromise, he lost his convictions and found himself doing things that he would have never dreamed of doing. If you lose your convictions, you'll find yourself on the same pathway to compromise. And you'll find yourself in a bad spot you would have never chosen, you would have never picked, and you would have never settled for had you not compromised at the beginning. Lot also lost his testimony. People around you will never take you serious if you are inconsistent. Credibility is established over time with consistency. With consistency, because inconsistency ruins your testimony, it destroys it. I'm up one day, I'm down the next. I'm in one day, I'm out the next. And there's going to be times in our lives where we are emotional, yes, we're emotional beings, and we can be up and down without being in and out. So, I mean, I could have a bad day, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm still serving God, I'm still living for Him, and nothing's going to change that. I've made up my mind that I'm going to serve Him. And so many people today, none in this building, but other people, will let their feelings dictate whether or not they're Christians today or not. Either you're in or you're out. And there isn't any other area there. You're either in with God or you're out with God. 1 Timothy 4.15 says this, Be diligent, diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may, say it, see. What is a testimony? A testimony is what people see about you. It is the reputation that precedes you. And so without consistency and faithfulness in your life, what are people seeing? 16 goes on, watch your life. So not only is it important what other people are seeing, it's also important what you're seeing. He says you watch your life so that when others see your life, there's not these inconsistencies along the way and you're diligently serving me so that it is a good testimony for your life. Watch your life and what? Doctrine closely. Watch your life and I'm going to make you say it. Doctrine closely. What is doctrine? It's your theology. It's the way you interpret the scripture. And so it's, it's what the Bible says and what you understand the Bible to say. And so watch it closely. Why do we have to watch it? Because the world is always trying to insert a doctrine of its own into the church. And it's the church's job to insert doctrine into the world, not the other way around. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will say both yourself and your hearers. So don't lose your testimony. Lot lost his, don't lose yours. The last thing is Lot lost everything valuable to him. Remember at the beginning that Lot had so much blessings in his life that he and Abram had too much together to share the land. The land cannot sustain both of them. So Lot is as blessed as Abram is blessed. Lot has so many good things happening in his life. That he, had to, that he had to separate from, from Abraham. When he had Abram in his life, he was blessed. But as he gets away from the right they and finds himself with the wrong they, he starts to see changes taking place in his life. And over time, the person that was blessed, you find him later in Scripture, he's living in a, a townhouse. He's living in the middle of town, he doesn't have herdsmen, he doesn't have sheep, he doesn't have any of those things. He's living in a house with his three kids, or two kids, his wife and two kids. So he's lost basically everything. Well, if you read on, you'll find later that as he is given the opportunity to leave the city, not based on his own life, but because... Abraham had so much favor with God that he could lend some favor over to Lot. Lot was allowed to leave the city of Sodom before it was destroyed. But over time, Lot loses his respect, Lot loses his valuables, and ultimately he's going to lose his his wife in the process of leaving the city because she was so attached to the city that she was living in. And so here's what we see from that is because Lot was a person of compromise, his family were people of compromise. Parents, listen to me today. Grandparents, listen to me today. We, if we compromise in areas of our lives, we are just given permission for our children and grandchildren to do the same thing. It's a trickle-down effect. And I would go as far to say that what we do in moderation is, uh, is our children will do to the extreme. What we do in moderation, where we compromise in moderation, our children will compromise to the extreme. They're going to take it to a whole other level. Lot's wife did the very thing when she's leaving the city that the angel told her not to do. As they're leaving the city, she looks back. Luke 9, 62 has something to say about looking back. He says, Jesus replied, No one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You're either in or you're out. You're either solid or you're not. You're either living a life of compromise or you're living a life of conviction. And so I'm just challenging you today to live a life of conviction. Don't lose your convictions. Don't lose your testimony. Don't lose the things that are important to you. Lot began a pathway of compromise and ultimately it put him down a really bad road. A a disgusting road. A grotesque road, a road that he never recovered from. Fortunately today, we don't have that end for ours. God is here in this place and he can change our pathway today. If we're on a pathway of compromise, God can stop that today. And he can help us get on firm footing again. Amber, would you come to the keys this morning? Stand with me across this place. Your greatest strength is to know your weakness. Your greatest strength is to know your weakness. Where are the areas that I am most weak in? That is my, that's what I need to know. I need to recognize that. I need to know that because if I know that, then that gives me the edge. That lets me fortify my life against those areas. That lets me put the right people in my life that can help me to overcome those areas. Jesus is looking for some people who desire to see how close they can live to Him while they're on this earth. I believe that. I believe God wants us to draw closer to Him, not see how we can just skirt into heaven, but to see how close we can live to Jesus Christ. And I believe that He is returning for those people soon. He's returning for those people soon. Church, it's not going to be long before Jesus comes back. It's not going to be long before God returns for His church. The Bible tells me that that God is returning for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's not looking for a church that has created all these compromises and these these, uh, concessions along the way to accommodate this one and that one and to make this one feel okay about their lives and and to not offend this one. Listen, that's not this church. And so if that's what you're looking for, you're not going to find it here. Because I believe wholeheartedly in God's Word and that it is true for me and that His ways are better than my ways, that He knows what's better for me than I know for myself and that when I follow Him, He will always lead me to the true hope and happiness that he promises in that very word. He's coming back. He's coming back with every head bowed and every eye closed across this place. He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready? If Jesus was to come back today before this service ended, would you be ready to meet him? Or do you have questions about that? Because if you have questions, let's put those to rest today. Let's put those those in the grave today. Let's put an end to those this morning. And let's affirm today that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and we are ready to meet Him when He returns. He's coming soon. And so if you're here in this place, with every head bowed and every eye closed across this house, if you're here in this place and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ today and you're not sure about where you would spend eternity if He returned in this very moment, would you just lift your head and look, make eye contact with me this morning? Would you do that? Would you do that and just say, Pastor, that's me. I I recognize that I've got some areas of my life that are compromised and I need to make them right. Would there be some today? Amen. Amen. There's others. Come on. Amen. 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 You say it, but, but it's hard. I've got people in my life that are constantly dragging me down and I don't know what to do about them. Some of them are family and I don't know what to do about them. Listen, you, you've got a family here too. You've got a family here too and we're, we're invested in helping you to be the very best that you can be to overcome those obstacles. And to give you the strength and the support you need to live for Jesus Christ. And so if that's you, and maybe you're just scared. Maybe you're just afraid. Maybe you just don't know what it's going to cost you. Listen, it's worth it. If that's you, would you just lift your eyes, make eye contact with me this morning. And say, that's me, Pastor. I need to make things right. Amen. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, if you raised your head and made eye contact with me, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat right now come and find a place to pray in these altars come on don't don't let this moment pass you by thank you for coming is there others i know there's others you, there's people all over this place that raised their head and looked at me in the eyes now i'm asking you to take a step of faith because favor follows those who act on faith and you want the favor of god resting on you this morning would you come come on step out of your seat step out of your seat Don't wait. Don't sit there. Don't let this moment pass you by. This is a moment of change. This is a moment where lives can be different. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. There's others. There's others. Come on, sir. Come on, lady. Come on, young person. Come on, make this moment count for eternity this morning. Come on. Step out of your seat. Let God touch your life and let God begin to work on it and let God begin to shape it up. Let Him take you off the path of compromise and put you on steady ground this morning. Would you come? Would you come? We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Berggrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life. Lift after Till I found myself face down on your shore You said come to the wind.